This week's podcast brought to you by Santa Pantalones. At ESPN, by the green room, there's a makeup room and a green room, which is where you hang. You can hang out and watch games before you go do your show. There's also a bathroom, and it's a pretty big bathroom, but it's a single stall bathroom. So there's a toilet and there's a long sink. I think there's two sinks and a long countertop. Anyway, at each end of this long counter, there are and have been for the last month plus two beautifully made gingerbread houses, homemade lovely gingerbread houses <laughs> and then um, a great sign that handwritten that is stuck to uh, the bathroom wall that says please do not eat the bathroom decor happy holidays just referring to the hand dryer on the wall right of course Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. A happy 2020. Happy 2020. You have any New Year's resolutions? No, I don't have any New Year's resolutions. Um, Do you want to hear my New Year's resolution? Sure. My I'm New surprised Year's it hasn't come up before now, but go <laughs> my, ahead. My New Year's resolution is to um, get Christmas cards done in 2020. I think I mentioned that in our last podcast, but that's my New Year's resolution. In 2020, we will send out Christmas cards in time for people to get them, or holiday cards, whatever, in time for people to get them. You wanted to send out late Christmas cards as Happy New Year's cards, and the kids said, no, that's that's lame. Don't do that. Yeah. But I, I like Happy New Year's cards. I, I like any cards. I just want to see the pictures. I want to see people's kids and how they're getting bigger and older and all that stuff. But uh, what, I don't anyway, like. my New Year's resolution, and I have 12 months to get it ready, is to send out Christmas cards. What I don't like is that we get Christmas cards from people, and they don't get them in return. They just assume that we dropped them from the list this year when, right. in fact, we didn't send one out. Right, and that's not the case at all. No, the worst part about the holidays being over, among the many worst parts, um, and we had to set up the whole podcast uh, apparatus again because ordinarily we just keep the microphones attached to these uh, TV dinner table, tray table things, and... Um, but we, we broke all that stuff down for a, a party in the basement and had to reassemble all that. But the worst part of the of the, the when you know the holidays are over and you're back in the grind is uh, today I dumped the poinsettias into the woods oh, you behind did. our house. Yes. Thank you, because they've been on the deck for a few days. Yeah, and, and I dumped them in the same place where we dumped the pumpkins after right. Halloween. It's sort of the holiday graveyard. Right. Dragged the tree like a corpse to the curb. That hasn't been picked up yet. hasn't been picked up yet, no. It's been like eight days. Um, The worst part, though, the worst part of the the holiday hangover by far is uh, our neighbor deflated the inflatable Santa Claus who drops Mm. his pants uh, at regular intervals. The trout-dropping Santa that our nine-year-old dubbed over the holidays Santa Pantalones. (laughs) Right. So there's nothing more uh, literally deflating than to see the flaccid Santa Pantalones lying deflated 
in the neighbor's yard. Yeah, we saw it deflated, and then the next day we just saw the front yard, which had a, a slight coat of snow on it, except in the place where the inflatable Santa and the inflatable snowman were. Um, yeah, that that is the worst part. A one happy addition to the uh, to the post holiday life here is this freezing podcast space in the basement is now now less cold that's right because you in a very thoughtful um gift giving gesture got me got me a space heater the only and we've used it the only problem oh gosh the only problem no right now is that it makes a little bit of noise so we have to turn it off when we do the podcast or else i think there would be we think there'd be a you know a, a hum um, on the recording, but no, I was down in the basement with our son watching one of the Star Wars movies, and we had the space heater going, and uh, we are we are much warmer when we spend time in the basement now. So thank you very much for that. It was my pleasure, and I got a uh, a Phantom newspaper subscription from you, so thank you for that. <laughs> this was this was maddening because. We've had a, a digital, we have multiple subscriptions to digital n- newspapers. Multiple subscriptions to digital news. Right, to digital news. And, that, uh, was, that was the title of my 1980 <laughs> uh, album. But I, I thought it was important. We thought it was important. We've talked about this before, that we actually have a newspaper physically delivered at the house so that there's a newspaper lying around so that the kids can occasionally pick it up, take a look at it, glance through it, learn how to read a newspaper. And anyway, in fact, that is exactly what has happened on days that we've gotten the newspaper. On the days that we've gotten the newspaper. So maybe the week before Christmas, I called and I decided that the Hartford Current, our local newspaper, would be the one that we would get delivered. And uh, so I got the subscription. They said, all right, it's going to start tomorrow. And I was all excited because I was going to, you know, go get it and hand it to you and let you know, you know, this is this is your Christmas present or one of your Christmas presents this year, the early Christmas present. Well, so it didn't come. So all right, I'll, I'll give it some time. And then the next day it didn't come. And then the next day it didn't come. And then the next day it didn't come. So I'm I'm going to the other room where I'm out of earshot of you to try to call in and tell somebody who is in a faraway land um, that we're still not getting our newspaper subscription. So it took about a week, and then we finally got a newspaper. This And this was, I think, after Christmas. I was able to tell you, this is your Christmas present. So we got a newspaper, and then it disappeared again for like four days. And I think what it was is we didn't get it. I called. They delivered one in the afternoon, and then we didn't get it again forever. Anyway, one of the days when I called, and I said, we still haven't gotten our subscription. I sa- and I said, um, you know, have you what what does my record say and the woman said oh you're i'm looking at it now and um your account says that you've called the last 10 days or whatever it is because you haven't gotten your newspaper and i said i mean is there any way at all to actually resolve this problem and my favorite part of it was you know because they're always reading from a script every time we got to the end of the call where i was telling them we still hadn't gotten our newspaper the woman would say remember you can read your e-newspaper online <laughs> and even they're trying to dissuade you from <laughs> getting a physical printed newspaper oh delivered to your driveway it actually this is I, I wrote it down while you're waiting you can read the digital subscription online and and every time they said that i said yes i've had that digital subscription for years the whole point was i want the actual paper but so anyway after the new year so it's just been a couple of days now but it seems like they've figured it out and we are now getting the newspaper, and uh, our kids are going through it. They're loving the the comics. They they wanted to know why it's in color on Sundays and not on the weekdays. Anyway, they also asked me the other day why the 
some of the pictures are in color and some are in black and white. And I showed them that, you know, how the front page and the back pages are in color, but they're all printed on the same page. And I spread that page out. And um, so they're learning about how newspapers are printed. Yeah. Not that it'll serve them well when they're adults, but I love the fact that you're essentially having this conversation on the phone with the lady saying, why don't you read your, why don't you pull your phone out of your pocket and read the news instantly as it happens on your person? And you're saying, I would rather call Asia, right? have a person there call, uh, email the Hartford Current, who can then contact somebody within about a 40 mile radius of our house, right. who can then drive to our house and throw the paper in a, in a recyclable bag into our driveway. I mean, it's such a, it's such a ridiculous and inefficient system. And at one point, I even and said, a better system. Yeah, well, right. Well, at one point, I even said to the woman, she, I said, "Is there anyone, any way I can speak with someone closer to home?" Which just basically meant, "Is there anyone, any way I can speak to someone in the United States, and even preferably in the state of Connecticut?" And she said, uh, "No, but I can't give you a number. But if you give me your phone number." I, I will pass it along and someone will call you in like 48 hours. And I said, I'm, I heard I'm, you. I overheard you say you and I both know that isn't going to happen yeah. or something like that, <laughs> um, anyway, which I assume she answered. You're right. Of course not. The, the beauty of getting the newspaper and instead of just reading it online, I mean, there's many things, but one of them I would never look for, nor do I doubt I could find high school box scores on a digital subscription. But now that we've got the newspaper, I'm looking through the boys' high school, girls' high school um, basketball box scores for teams I have no idea um, any of the players or anything like that, but it's interesting. Horoscopes. I, uh, I never a horoscope person. But, ask Amy. But, but Okay, so these are the things you, that you're reading, the horoscopes and Ask Amy. But anyway, it's um, it's all right there. I'm, I'm enjoying your Christmas present now that we're finally getting it. I hope you too are enjoying your Christmas present. Um, I've missed advice columns where the a person still puts pen to paper, presumably, or maybe they email them now, and uh, tries to solve their personal crisis by writing to somebody a syndicated newspaper columnist and signing their letter, you know, temperamental in Tempe or whatever right, it is. Right. Uh, that is the kind of old school journalism that I grew up with and that I, I was craving. Well, this so Christmas break, you know, before the actual holiday and then even after, I spent far too much time on the phone with a representative from the Hartford Current who happened to be based on another continent. I spent a, a fair amount of time on the phone. Mind and, you, that person was only a representative of the Hartford Current when she answered your call. Right, exactly. On other calls, she's a representative of, of something else. So so we had a we had a lovely Christmas, wonderful Christmas. Christmas evening, as I, I'm putting our nine-year-old to bed, after I put her to bed, I'm scrolling through emails, and I see three emails from Delta um, remarking on changes in my account. So I go into my Delta account, and I see that it's been hacked. And at 11 p.m. on Christmas evening, I'm on the phone with a Delta representative, also, I don't think based um, anywhere local and trying to figure out how I can get things fixed on my Delta account. So from 11 to like 1145 on Christmas night, I'm trying to resolve the fact that my Delta Airlines frequent flyer account had been hacked. And uh, I, I don't know, it's, it was multiple hours I spent over the Christmas holiday um, dealing with things like that. But overall, it, it, it turns out it turns out that Santa made his worldwide sleigh deliveries on your frequent flyer miles. <laughs> There'd probably be enough there. So anyway, It was in a live flat seat on Delta 
And, going uh, door to door. For anybody who's out there, because I think sometimes boarding passes may still have your frequent flyer number printed on them. That's all the person needed to hack my account was my frequent flyer number. It could have been, I could have left it on a paper ticket, although I haven't had a paper ticket in a long time um, on a plane or whatever. So people be careful. Make sure you don't let your ticket stub get lost anywhere if you actually have a paper ticket stub because people can hack your account that way. Your talk of uh, frequent flying makes me think uh, that our nine-year-old said to me recently, she made reference to um, Tommy Highflyer. And I said, uh, who is Tommy Highflyer? And she said, I don't know. I thought you would know. And I said, well, where did you read about Tommy Highflyer? And she said, I saw it on a shirt. And I said, I think that's Tommy Hilfiger. This is our nine-year-old? Yes. <laughs> so now I will always think of you as Tommy Highflyer, or possibly Mommy Highflyer. Mommy Highflyer. I need my own shirts. And while we're on the subject of, uh, of mangling names and words, I also did catch her over the holidays. She's learning some Christmas songs on piano. She's, she and I now take back-to-back piano lessons. And um, she was idly singing to herself, in all seriousness, Good King Wences lost his voice, off the plain of Texas. <laughs> well, Good King Wences lost his voice what, off what the are plain the of Texas. Words? Good King Wences lost some some on the plains of Egypt. I don't know. But it certainly wasn't his voice on the he, plains I, of I, Texas. I don't think it was on the plains of Texas. <laughs> I may have lost my voice on the on a plane to Texas at some point. <laughs> While being Tommy Highflyer? <laughs> While wearing Tommy Highflyer. We started Christmas break, or at least I did, by taking our son and one of his friends to see uh, the new Star Wars. And they had half day of school. It was the last day of school before break. So we went and I think we saw one thirty showing of the new Star Wars movie. So I was going with two boys, two sixth grade boys. And I was fascinated because we went in and sat down in the theater and everybody there was like paired up with somebody but it was almost all middle-aged men paired up with another buddy and what was interesting about it was that there wasn't and granted i understand it was a friday afternoon at 1 30 but there weren't any mixed sex couples like there weren't any men and women there there were i think two sets of women who were there with each other but i was the only female i think there granted i was there with two boys but you know, it was mostly guys with their with a buddy and then girls also with a buddy, a couple of them. And anyway, anyway I just thought it was an, it was interesting that that's kind of the fan demographic that saw that particular movie on a Friday afternoon. Well, they were seeing it on the first full day of release. That's right. Yes. So, of course, and that will be our son and his buddy 20 years from now. Right. But seeing why, Star Wars 47. But why isn't it a, um, a movie that, you know, why is it more of a buddy movie? than it is like a couple movie. I guess just because it's Star Wars and it's something you experience with your friends. I don't know. Maybe they were couples. I don't know that either. But um, anyway, it was just, it was an interesting study as I looked around the theater. One of my favorite moments was (laughs) when our nine-year-old, as we were driving one day and we were at a stoplight and she's just looking up at the stoplight And she said, Mom, is it true that dogs are colorblind? And I said, I think so, but I don't know for certain. And she said, 
What if there was a very talented dog and he was driving and came to a stoplight? How would he know if it was red or green? <laughs> a very talented dog. A very <laughs> And I just started laughing and I said, really, that's your question. Not, you know, how would a dog, even a very talented dog, be driving? But what if there was a very talented dog? Because she knew it would be absurd if it was a regular dog. But if there was a very talented dog and it was driving... I mean, they play poker. Why, why not drive? How, right. How would it know? And so we had to explain to her later that the, the lights also, not only do are they different colors, but they're in different positions on the... Uh, the red one on top, right? The um, green one on the bottom. I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, yeah. What about when it's on its side? What, what's the, inside the dog? Sometimes, <laughs> no. Sometimes you go into the streetlights and they're like sideways. They are? So it would be green would be far left, Wait, middle would be yellow, and, and red would be far. They're sideways, horizontal stoplights? Horizontal. Yeah, yeah you've I've never, never seen, seen a horizontal stoplight? No. Yes, I have. And are I you think sure you weren't horizontal looking, right. at a, looking at a vertical <laughs> stoplight? Perhaps I was. But no, I, I don't remember if it was Arizona. I don't remember where I've been, but I You're suggesting certain that I have seen horizontal In Arizona. The stop. The traffic lights are horizontal. I'm not saying that. I said I may have seen one in Arizona. It may have not been in Arizona. I'm saying I have 100% sure that I have seen a horizontal stoplight somewhere. Well, all I know is in the pantheon of of the nine-year-old's uh, familiar quotations, she did say over the break when you had uh, gift cards laid out for various people who we needed to give gift cards to, and one of them was addressed to Ray, she looked at it and said, with contempt, I might add, who's Ray? Is that a podcast person? <laughs> That's right. She did say that, didn't she? <laughs> I mean, the contempt and the, the, uh, the sneering yes, at, well, the, at the very notion of the podcast, that was a revelation to me. By the way, I just have um, Googled horizontal stoplights. It's a thing. It's a band? No, it's a thing. And they exist. And it is. It's the green is on the far right. Red is on the far left. So there you go. And are they, are they uh, uh, unique to Arizona? I haven't read that far down. But, um, and again, I, I, I said I wasn't sure if it was Arizona, but for some reason it makes me think that they're in Arizona. And, and while we're on the subject of fact-checking ourselves with Google, Good King Wenceslas looked out on the Feast of Stephen. Not on the plains of Texas. Not on the plains of Texas. Much like you often look out. On the feasts of Stephen. On the feast of Stephen. On the f- I often look out on the feats of Stephen. I don't know about the... The feast of Stephen? The feast of Stephen. Well, something else I made note of over the break. Um, uh, Dwayne Wade's wife, uh, famous in her own right, though her name is eluding me now. Um, Gabrielle Union. Gabrielle Union. The actress Gabrielle Union tweeted that she had an uber... She had an Uber confession of her own. Her Uber driver asked if if he could use the, the bathroom when he was dropping her at her house, and she, I think, reluctantly said yes. And he uh, he proceeded to use the bathroom rather profoundly, it sounds. And um, anyway, she tweeted about that, and it leads us to our first um, Uber confession. Oh, excuse me, of of twenty twenty. Shall right. we cue the theme music? Yes, please. He drives part-time, it's not his chosen profession, but it gives him a chance to share his life's lessons. It's time for the segment we call Uber Confessions. 
So I have a good Uber confession, uh, writes St. Paul Kate, but it's my own. No, I'm not an Uber driver. This is from my first ever solo Uber ride, from her first ever solo. Do you remember your first ever solo Uber ride, Rebecca? <laughs> no. No, you don't. Okay. Good, good. Do anecdote. you? No. Um, I, I, I'm sure I do. Uh, have I, you had a solo Uber ride? Yes, I've had okay. several. Uh, I won't have any more because I was, you know, zero rated by the guy who I stiffed accidentally when I gave him the wrong address at the University of Minnesota. But oh, right, right. Anyway, uh, Kate lost her car keys in downtown Minneapolis after three consecutive meetings in three different locations. No time to search. She writes, I needed to get back to St. Paul to pick up my son from preschool. So I took the green line back to St. Paul and figured I'd Uber from the closest train stop to a school only a few miles. Now, this is a high degree of difficulty on your first Uber ride, don't you think, Rebecca? Yes. Yeah, so um, it's a kind of a moving target. As I ride the train, I download the Uber app on my phone. This will be my first time requesting a ride going through the process on my own. My stop is Dale and University, a white castle just a mile up the street. But it's mid-afternoon, and I'm waiting in front of a library. It's all good, though I'm pretty stressed out. I'm waiting for a black sedan, and I can see he's just a minute or so away. Shortly... A black car pulls up and I give him a wave. He pulls up, rolls down his window and asks why I'm waving at him. I said, you're my Uber driver, right? I'm new to this. Do I sit in the front or the back? Have you ever had this issue, Rebecca, sitting in front or back? No, I know you sit in the back. Right, okay. His entire front seat is a mess, but he insists I sit in front and clears his crap out of the way. I notice a dirty coffee cup, some cigarette butts, but think nothing of it as he asks where we're going. A little surprised he doesn't already know. I respond to my kid's preschool. It's just down Dale a couple of miles. I'll show you. As we drive along, he's making jokes and asking me questions about my personal life. Meanwhile, my phone is ringing, but I'm so distracted about showing him where to go and wondering how in the world I'm going to get my car back from Minneapolis that I ignore the calls. Finally, we're near the school and I confirm that we're squared away on payment. It's all automated through the app, right? Oh, yeah, he says. Well, I'm a new driver and I haven't got all that set up yet. You guys, Kate writes, I'm still clueless. I dig through my wallet. I have a 20 and a 5. The ride was only supposed to be about 6 bucks, so I give him the 5 and apologize. I'm so flustered by now, I don't care. What kind of a dummy doesn't have his payments set up? I get into the lobby of the school and check my voicemail before going in. My real Uber driver is wondering where I am. <laughs> so there you go. That's my Uber confession. Hope you enjoyed. What do you think the, the Uber driver was planning when he had her get in the car? Like, he was what? planning to make five bucks by driving. He, he, he delivered her. I mean, I, 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 I suppose so, man. That, if that's not a bit of a frightful experience, though. No, but I mean, but it also random... does, doesn't it also give you faith in humanity that that he he delivered her and and she paid him. I suppose. I I, I hope she knows now to look for the Uber or uh, Lyft sticker on. Look the for the Uber to, label to look at the license plate and make sure it matches up with do, the. Do you one. remember? Do you remember the uh, the old commercial? Look for the union label when you are buying a coat dress or blouse. No. Do you remember that? No. What's Why? a coat dress? It's, it's, when you're buying a coat, coat, comma, oh. dress, or blouse. No. I don't think... You don't remember that. What store was it from? It wasn't a store. Or it was look for the union label. It was for oh, like... Oh, like the, it's made by a yeah, union Yeah, yeah. Look for the worker. union label when you're buying a coat, dress, or blouse. No. And where was the union label? I, I don't know, but this the commercial label? was is at least 40 and probably 50 years old, and I haven't thought about it for at least 35 years, and yet I can recall it, at least the chorus, instantly. No, I I don't know, but I'm I'm proud. And yet of you I frequently walk can. into a room and don't know why I've walked into the room. So what what is it about the human brain that that allows that? Well, there's two conversations here. What is it about the human brain, and then what is it about your brain? You should donate your brain. Are you to suggesting science. my brain isn't human? You should donate your brain to science, preferably is, tomorrow. You're when, saying when all is said and done, because I, it would be interesting. I mean, assuming I'm still alive, 
it would be interesting for them to like just look at that thing and figure try to figure out in ways that I to, never could to prevent future generations <laughs> from having to uh, yes like what can we do to prevent this well let's do it now I think all has been said and been done at this point really what else am I going to say so or just, do so just donate your brain now yeah oh well, maybe they can study it but we have no not problem donate it quite you know yet. Uh, this is this is I think connected to this topic but um, you know when we were talking about our nine year old's familiar quotations she said to me yesterday. I don't know how the subject came up, but she was asking about addictions and why don't people who have addictions just stop? This is our nine-year-old? Our nine-year-old. I, oh, I know how it came up. She, she was asking me, do they sell the same things in pharmacies uh, and like um, convenience stores? And I said, well, some things like aspirin, yes, but other things are prescription drugs that they can't sell there. And she said, what are prescription drugs? And so I explained to her what a, prescrip- a doctor's prescription was and why they were necessary and... Um, she said, what are drugs? And I told her, well, you know, some drugs are medicines that help you get better and some drugs are illegal and um, they can kill you and they're very addictive. And so that's how we started talking about addictions and what are they. And, and so I was explaining to her and, and that addictions weren't only to drugs, but there were addictions to, um, she said, can people be addicted to food? She said, can people be addicted to chocolate was one of the things she asked. And and I said, I said, I said, it's like you with ice cream. You know, you, if I was told you can, told you you can never have ice cream again, you know, you would have a hard time with that. And she said, yeah, but I would just not have ice cream again. I would just have something else. And I said, well, you know, that's not possible in some instances when, uh, you know, this chemical reaction happens in their body, blah, 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 blah. But yes, if, if there's something that you can't do without, then, you know, you're, you are addicted. And she said, and I quote, so, like you with books. Oh, like me with books. No, not you, like <laughs> me. I know, I know. Like you meant. with basketball, and, I think is how, what she said. How, or like, uh, like how you with proud work. were you were you when she said that? Of yourself, not of her. Well, I was proud enough that I'm telling you the story right now. Right. Well, that's lovely. It and is. what did you say? Did she you also say, said it dripping say, with contempt. Did she say yes, like me with books? I said exactly. Oh, and another lovely uh, surprise here. How's that for a segue? I don't what know what we were talking about. What was the first lovely The first lovely surprise was uh, we had an Uber confession. Oh, right, yes. Segment. Well, again, in, in um, 2020, our first, Denny has opened the incredibly dusty, I think hermetically sealed, curiosity shop. When the spawn meets world. This comes from Denny with one N, producer extraordinary Denny Gallagher with one N. Happy 2020, he writes. The Shopee has reopened its doors for a new decade. First, Denny writes, former NBA commissioner David Stern passed away last week. How will you guys remember him? Do you have any Stern stories, Rebecca? I had a chance to meet the commissioner, uh, David Stern, on a number of occasions, and he was always very kind to me. One of the memories that is the clearest uh I don't know if it's the clearest, but it made the biggest impact was, I think it was 19, gosh, was it 1998, 1999, somewhere in there, um, was the first time the WNBA players formed a union, and um, we were going to be in collective bargaining talks with the WNBA league. And our union representation, our union representatives were the same, was the same group that um, the NBA used. So Billy Hunter was their rep, and... uh, and I forgot, I forget the name of ours. Anyway, uh, she was a 
we went to the NBA offices. and Olympic Tower on Fifth Avenue? Yes, it was myself, and I think, I don't know if I was the secretary or what I was, and uh, four other players and our union reps, and we were there, and we were meeting. Val Ackerman was the president of the WNBA. Um, Jamin Dershowitz, who was a lawyer for the league, still is, was there, and a few others from, from the league. We're having a negotiation session, and um, Billy Hunter never came to these on our behalf. David Stern never was there on behalf of the NBA. We're in the middle of this meeting, being run by Val Ackerman, and uh, at one point, David Stern comes in. It's a pretty big meeting room, and he just started yelling, and I don't remember exactly what he was saying, but it might have been something like, well, where do you think the money's coming from? And he's just screaming at the top of his lungs and getting red-faced and pounding at the table and just like yelling at the into the air, but at the players and at our union reps and whatever. And I just remember being so startled, like, what is happening? Who is this dude? I mean, I knew who he was, but like, who is this person that, you know, because when I had been around David Stern before that, he hadn't behaved that way. It just screaming and yelling and red faced and banging on the table and finally leaving, at which one point one of our attorneys from the union just stood up and said, all right, I guess we're leaving. And we were leaving and just saying like, well, does this mean we have to bring Billy Hunter now to the rest of our negotiation sessions just in case uh, David Stern comes in and starts screaming at us? And anyway, those those are the early days. Those the, That was the first time we had a union and, and we were just trying to get um, year-round medical insurance, trying to forget what other things. I mean, it's not like we were asking for a lot. We were asking for a pretty, um, I, think we were, I think our big negotiation items that first year was health insurance and a 401k. So anyway, that that but, is but one of my. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, w- the WNBA did exist largely because of his oh, advocacy completely. for it. Yes, I mean there would not have been a WNBA if not for David Stern. He decided he wanted to have a WNBA, and um, and so therefore there was. And you know the owners in the NBA trusted him, and um, you know I, from what I understand, you know he made sure that. There were going to be eight teams that first year, even if certain cities and certain owners didn't 100% want a team. If David Stern told them they were going to have a team, then they were going to have a team. And uh, he just saw not only women's basketball, but the female consumer of basketball as a, you know, a huge opportunity you know, for uh, for growth of basketball, whether it was men's basketball or women's basketball. So without question, the WNBA exists because of David Stern. And uh, I wonder if that's part of the reason he was so angry that day when there was negotiations happening. You know, like I started this league, there wouldn't be this league without you guys. And now you're in here asking for more. But uh, but anyway, you know, that, that was, if anyone um, wants to read uh, anything about uh, David Stern, there was a really well done piece by Woj at ESPN. He'd had a really well done piece that um, at least the times I was around David Stern, the, the piece really represented kind of the different parts of his personality. And um, I highly recommend people uh, read that if they want to learn more about David Stern. So um, what about you? What are your well, fondest I, I, memories? I, I, I'd written a column at Sports Illustrated one week randomly that was a song parody of uh, American Pie by Don McLean, but it was uh, about the current at the time, struggles that the NBA were going through. Uh, Latrell Sprewell had just choked his coach, if I recall. That was the hook. And um, anyway, it was it was uh, uh, it was a less than flattering portrait of the NBA at that time. And my colleague Jack McCallum had to interview Stern for something else entirely 
the week that that column came out, and um, it never came up. And as McCallum was leaving, Stern called to him and said, uh, by the way, tell Russian that column was effing funny. So I don't know that he genuinely got a chuckle out of it, but it was his way of saying he read it, he uh, was aware of it. I went double secret probation with him, right? And um, and he can at least nominally take a joke. And then every time, every interaction I, that I had with him after that was as your plus one at some event like his private party after the All Star Saturday Night in Atlanta when when uh, you know there were hundred people were in the room and Bill Clinton came walking in and I've told that story before and walked right up to you and asked you, uh, you know, how your brother was doing and so forth. So, uh, and then we always had a, a, a kind of a, a uh, detente when I was your, your plus one. So that was good. Yeah, well, he, um, he was the reason that the WNBA exists now. And I think um, at least most players in the WNBA are, are aware of that and certainly are indebted to him for that. Denny writes, lastly... In the Curiosity Shop. Now, there was only a first and a last. last. Lastly, the second of two, I would have preferred if he had done A and two. Uh, Lastly, I was doing some research on healthier eating alternatives. I'm sure that wasn't a coincidence. I'm sure Denny, as a New Year's resolution, is is bringing a new regimen for the first two weeks of January 2020. Anyway, I came across an article, writes Denny, that said pure maple syrup, pure maple syrup has more benefits than honey. I was wondering if you guys or the BNC listeners have any further insight into this. Cheers to keeping those resolutions, Denny. Any idea? First of all, pure maple syrup is the only maple syrup, right? You yeah. don't, you don't like the... What a weird, weird question from Denny. Of all the, the New Year's resolution questions, but um, but I'll say this. I, I, would, I would advise him, instead of asking us, the even, even less efficient way of finding this out would be to write to his local newspaper's advice columnist <laughs> and wait he, six months to see if it's published. He wants to know if maple syrup has more pure benefits. Pure maple syrup. Pure Presumably maple not syrup. Mrs. Buttersworth. Has more benefits than honey. The most important benefit it has over honey is that it tastes better. Pure maple syrup tastes so well, much better. Certainly better on waffles. Than honey. What do, you, what do people put honey on anymore? What do, you, what do people use honey for? We, well, we have like a... a, a, a plastic bottle of honey that um, I, I mean Winnie the Pooh can't get his head stuck in a bottle of Aunt Jemima can she can he like one of your good friends used to send us honey from his beehive and, no no um, no 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 from his neighbor's beehive from his neighbor's and beehive says, may contain actual bee parts which and, always um, freaked out the kids and I would use that I don't remember what I would make but I would use that in a recipe to make um to make something some kind of a treat for the kids but uh, like you know, we use ma- pure maple syrup. The kids do frequently on their on their waffles or pancakes. I use it sometimes as a light s- sweetener on the kids' oatmeal or something like that because I think it's better for you than sugar. But um, so I, I, we go through a fair amount of maple syrup. We don't hardly go through honey at all. So again, what what's well? What's I mean, the, I, I, th- I think I think I think they're they're distant cousins in the uh, in the topping category and you know you, you, know can, what, you can get you can get uh, maple syrup shaped like matronly mrs butterworth and you can get honey shaped like a bear so i think anytime right. you can buy a bottle in the shape of something you, know you have to do that you know it's sort of interesting at least i found it interesting is that my friends who are vegan will have maple syrup because it's produced from a tree but they will not have honey because it's, it's produced from a bee, bee. So anyway, I think that's interesting. So if you're vegan, you're all about the syrup, not about the honey. 
Well, we, we did a couple of corrections already in the show. We have one more uh, through your mail. That's from uh, Hannah. She wrote to ballandchainpod at gmail.com, though I don't think we've opened the viewer mailbag yet, have we? Um, I don't know. I, I don't can't know. tell. Well, let's... Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Correction. Bacon correction, she writes. Hi, Steve and Rebecca. Hope you guys had a good holiday and a start to the new year. I owe a correction for my parents, who are also big fans of the podcast. I was the one who wrote in about my brother being on a bacon diet growing up while I didn't get any bacon. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Remember that. Kind of sad. Her parents want to clarify that there was some study done that said a high-fat, high-protein diet was supposed to help with uh, the ADHD that my brother had. Clearly, my 10-year-old brain didn't let me remember anything other than the fact that I wasn't getting bacon! Exclamation mark. Uh, last night, Hannah sat behind Carol Lawson with the Celtics played the Wizards. This is from, um, this what literally was last night as we're recording this. Finally, a question for Rebecca. I'm dealing with an injury that led to surgery and now a few months of recovery for the first time in my basketball career. It's mentally taxing, and I was wondering what your experience was with injuries and if you had any advice for how to push through them. Thanks for the awesome podcast. Keep them coming. Hannah from Conn College, except right now I'm on break in Virginia. This is my advice um, now that I am an older person who experienced injuries, perhaps in my the prime of my career. It, my advice would be this. Make sure you are completely healthy before you return. Because I tore my ACL first minute of the first game of the season in 1999, rehabbed like crazy to come back six months later, which was December. Before Christmas, of course, the next WNBA season didn't even start until the following June. But I was determined to get back. I'd worked so hard to get back. First day I was cleared to play. I was playing with my therapist, retore my ACL. And then ended up being out for a couple of years. So especially for a younger person, when you're in college or in high school, you want to work hard, you want to get back, you know, you feel like you only have this short amount of time um, to play, which is very true. But just for the impact it will have on you the rest of your life, make sure you, I mean, work really hard, rehab really hard, but make sure you are completely healthy before, uh, before coming back and don't try to rush it. And I, I, even just this morning, I was up early, nobody else was awake, and I was walking down the stairs, you know, trying to be as quiet as possible. And um, you just, my one knee, every time I took a step, crunch, crunch, crunch. And I just remember, it made me think of when, um, when one of our kids would be little, like infant little, and uh, you'd finally rock them to sleep, or I would nurse them to sleep or whatever, and put them in the crib. And there was always that worry that they would wake up as you're placing them on the mattress and they'd be asleep. And then as I was trying to quietly get out of the room, my knee crunch, crunch, crunch. And sometimes they just start crying. So the, the one thing you want to avoid is your body making those loud sounds uh, 15 years from now, Hannah. Well, I had no sports injuries in my body, my knees, and all of me makes those crunching sounds as I, as I move. So uh, at least That's you've just earned the, yours. As your bones honestly. get closer to being dust, right? <laughs> they right. Start well, as, when all is said and done, as it is now, that, right. that's what happens. Uh, this comes in from Deborah, our staff stenographer in in uh, New Jersey, and she writes, "Rebecca, I laughed out loud when you talked about your mother asking for some alone time. This was on her deathbed, as you recall. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying as you recall. Of course, you recall, as as listeners may recall." Uh, your story reminded me of the time my mother sent me a card wherein she explained that she loved all five of her children equally, but for different reasons. Quote, your sister plays the piano so beautifully, she wrote, 
and you are tidy. (laughs) 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 Although truer words were never spoken, writes Deborah, I didn't realize tidy was all I had going for me. Keep the stories coming. I listen to your podcast when I do my daily walk. Sincerely, your staff stenographer, Deborah. You know, that, that is cold, man. That, that um, bringing up my my mom asking for time for herself a f- few days before she died, that makes me think I was having this conversation with a friend of mine this morning in the grocery store. And um, my friend just a few days ago lost somebody in her family who was very dear to her. And um, so it's been a really, really difficult couple of days. And this is the first time I've seen her. So we were talking in the grocery store for about 30 minutes. Um, but... M- a lot of time during that conversation we were both laughing really heartily and um and it brought me back to when my mother passed away i think the day after or two days after my mom died i was with this same friend that i saw at the grocery store today and another one of my friends and we were getting pedicures and um as anybody knows, when you have a loved one who passes away, it's emotional and stressful and all those things. And I was just needed some time like to decompress. So as I was with my girlfriends, we were getting pedicures. And I remember saying to them at some point, if someone goes by, they'll be like, Rebecca's mom just died and she's in there getting a pedicure. So I said to my girlfriend today, as we were talking and, and having some laughs, I said to her, you know, Two days after my mom dies, I'm getting a pedicure. A couple days after uh, the person in your family passes away, we're standing in the aisle of the grocery store, like having like uproarious laughs. People are probably walking by like, what the hell is wrong with those two women? But as anyone who's lost somebody dear to them knows, like you need to laugh and you need to um, find those moments of joy. So whether they're in the grocery store or getting a pedicure, um, even if people think less highly of us, uh, those things need to be done. Well, it, it, this, as anybody listening would realize, none of this is planned. This show is uh, spontaneous, and, and unfortunately, it reveals itself all the time. But I happen to have two viewer mails here that I've selected out of the pile as you were talking about one about death and the second about pedicures. So let's do them in that order, okay. shall we? Um, this is perm- how much viewer mail we have. Yeah. But as I well, just speak up about whatever, it, you can just look, go in the pile. Where's the ones about death and pedicures? Death and pedicures, the two out. certain things. And, and we'll, we can parcel some of these viewer mails out over the next week or two because we have so much we won't go through it all today. But I selected these two. The permanent guide trip, writes Brian. We talked on a previous podcast about going on a guide trip and the eventually going on the ultimate guide trip, which is uh, into the into the great beyond. Uh, Rebecca and Steve, your mentioning of sending Steve on his guide trip reminds me that for for years I've said that when my time comes, I'm confident my wife will do the right thing. I then joke that I just hope she waits till it's my time. Honey, it's only a cold. No, no. I don't want either of us to suffer. She denies it, (laughs) but I think she has the pillow picked out. So uh, we've talked about this before as well. The same subject. Um, That leads to the pedicure part here. And this comes from from Chris, our resident chief human resources officer. Uh, Is this Chris with a C-H or a K-R? C-H. Okay. C-H-R-I-S. I don't know if there's a smiley face over the eye, maybe a heart. I don't know. But on the email, it's just a dotted eye. Happy Christmas, Rebecca and Steve. Uh, on a recent podcast during viewer mail, Rebecca asked why more men don't get pedicures. A number of years ago, the fiancé of a co-worker owned a salon in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York, And he told me that on Friday afternoons, her clientele shifted from women getting their hair done to con Edison workers coming to get pedicures. 
I found it funny, but then he pointed out that their jobs required them to be on their feet at all times, so taking care of their feet was important. If you work in an office, as I do, the idea of taking care of my feet is an afterthought. I did get a pedicure many years ago, and it was very nice, but due to my laziness, I've never done it again. So, that's interesting. So, do we think this is a he, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. It is a he, Chris, I, I right? think so, yeah. A he, Chris. Yes, a he, Chris, yes. not a yes. she, Chris. Oh, I, I see. Yes. Uh, I think so. It sounds like it's a he, Chris. Well, I, I don't know that it makes any difference, but, but well, yes. I think that's what prompted him to write it. Well, yeah, oh, because but he's, wait, but he's no, writing. But if but he's going to the salon, it's probably a she, Chris. No, no, no. He says, he says a number of years ago, the fiance of a coworker owned a salon, and he oh, told okay. me that I'm... Okay, so anyway. Anyway, anyway interesting. interesting. Yes, people should take care of their feet, and a pedicure is, is a, a lovely way to do that, whether or not it's a couple days after a loved one has passed. I don't think we've ever done a, um, a kind of a dateline style Friday night murder mystery thing hosted by that guy remember that Keith Magnuson or whatever the the I don't really understand what you're talking about but you know I'm guessing Friday nights get there. the network yes. TV shows do these right uh, grisly right lugubrious yes. murder narratives right. right I don't believe we've ever done our own on this podcast I don't think we have sort of uh, this is not a murder I should it's just a it's just a crime true crime okay well, we're going to do it now. Oh, okay. That's okay. where I didn't know what was coming next. Well, no, nor should you, because I didn't know what was coming next until I plucked this off of the pile. This okay. comes from uh, Ralph in Maryland, who writes, uh, who just actually just encloses a story from the Washington Post. And I'm going to read it to you. It's very short. It's short enough anyway. The headline, well, I can't read the headline because it gives away the ending. Okay. Uh, Every dog has its day, and for Lobo... Capital L-O-B-O. And for Lobo, the canine taken at gunpoint in Prince George's County, that day was Tuesday, a day that happened to end a month and a decade. Lobo was walking with his owner in the Landover area Monday when two thieves appeared with a gun. After a struggle, they got the dog and drove off. This is Martin Weil of the Washington Post writing this. But Lobo's... They stole Lobo? They stole Lobo. Okay. But, But Lobo seemed to be a lucky dog. Photos were circulated showing an animal with prominent ears and haunting dark eyes. Much like yourself. Is that why I was saying Mine's more of a prominent nose than prominent ears, but okay. Okay, prominent nose and haunting dark eyes. <laughs> okay. You know what? You have, you, have prominent a prominent, snout. you have a prominent nose and haunting ears. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Lobo was spotted alone in southeast Washington Tuesday afternoon by someone who called authorities, the Prince George's police said. An owner picked him up from county police. Police described Lobo as very happy. The headline, Lucky Dog Lobo, Safe at Home, A Day After Gunpoint Theft. And, um, and Why would you steal a dog I don't know, at gunpoint but I, I, and then abandon him? Did you think he was a different dog? I'm just relieved to be reading in the Washington Post uh, the line, Police described Lobo as very happy, <laughs> um, and knowing that it had nothing to do with do your, you think, your leaving me or something like that. Do you that, think so. Connecticut police would describe Lobo the same way? I well, hope so. If, uh, if, they, if they had just... Uh, uh, bundled me off uh, to have your brain in, in, surgery in accordance with your with your restraining yes. order. Sure, to have my brain surgery. Yeah, my my uh, brain removal for for science. We'll just read a couple more viewer mails and we'll save the rest for for next week. Okay, does that work for you? That works for me. Okay. Um, this uh, 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 Dr. Gary Siegel, by the way, um, sent a link to uh, something from farandwide.com, whatever that is. The best listening, the best sandwich in each state. State mm-hmm. by state, just so you know, Connecticut's sandwich was. Hold on, it's the um, the best sandwich in Connecticut is the Rebecca Lobo at Gino's Cafe. It at is not the Mohegan no. Sun. No, but I'm glad you mentioned that because now we've we've brought up Lobo as a human being. 
a sandwich. Have we mentioned that there's and a, a stolen dog in this? Um, go that, ahead. So Gino Ariama at the Mohegan Sun Casino. There's um, a food court, um, and in there there's a deli, and the deli has sandwiches named after many of Coach Ariama's former players. And one of the sandwiches, which is the best sandwich there, is the Rebecca Lobo, and it's turkey. I think bacon is on it. It might have avocado, but the best part. Of, well, there's two great things about the sandwich. One. It's very expensive. As far as sandwiches go, like it's a $10 sandwich. Why, why is that a great thing? That's not a great thing. I'm just saying like all of the sandwiches there are expensive. It's sort of a prestige a... sandwich you're saying. You're, you're, you're not named for some uh, peanut butter and jelly. No, but all of the sandwiches there come with, you know, a hefty price tag. And the second thing well, is... There's a ringing endorsement. Well, I'm just saying it's a delicious sandwich. But the second thing is I've gotten it a few times because it's the best sandwich there. And they make me pay for it every single time. And I've never gotten a free Rebecca Lobo sandwich. Every time I go there, if I get a sandwich, they make me pay for it. Do you think that's what should be happening? One of our daughters was there for a concert, not to not to play baccarat or anything, and uh, and she went to the uh, the cafe there, and one of the members of her party asked the, if the what sandwich was most popular, and the guy said it was the Lobo. So it's a good sandwich, but um, I need to talk to Coach Oriama about uh, about comping me on occasion. Because how do you know if people are buying it because it's the best sandwich or just they want to order something named the Lobo? Named after a, a woman with haunting ears and a prominent snout. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how the sandwich is described. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> well, the, the reason I met, uh, we, we were talking about was the best sandwich in each state. In Connecticut, it is not the Lobo. It is the Connecticut-style lobster roll, Connecticut-style being warm with butter and no mayo. Oh, that I didn't realize that's Connecticut-style. That is the best kind of lobster roll. Well, that really should be the only kind of lobster roll. Yeah. In Iowa, as Dr. Siegel points out, it was the loose meat sandwich. Mm. And in Minnesota, not the Juicy Lucy, but the fried walleye sandwich. So Did he send us a link? He so did send a link, but I don't have any way of conveying that on the radio. It, no. it was it was far or and wide. On, on the radio, perhaps. but if I will, whatever whatever we're on, no, we're just, on a, uh, if there is some a, people are listening to this through their car if radio. If there is a link, I will post it to our Twitter account, which okay. is at Ball and Chain Pod, um, because I, I'm interested to see what this the, what the rest of the state sandwiches are, and I can't possibly be the only one. I think you recently did an interview with this gentleman. I did as well, and yours is uh, active this week. Active this week. This is from uh, Steve Olivas, uh, who has his own podcast that you're guested on. Yeah, it's called The Commute. It's actually a really interesting idea. He um, interviews people from all different jobs. Um, so for people as they're listening to podcasts on the way to the work, they listen to him interview people in all kinds of work. He's, I believe, had like funeral directors. I heard him one time. He had a hypnotist on. He's had a, like just people from all different walks of life and um this week, he has me on as uh, a basketball analyst. And, and I recorded one with him in which we talked almost not at all about my job. In fact, possibly not at all. And talked almost exclusively about 1970s game shows. Perfect. Uh, which, which was at my, my insistence. Anyway, his podcast is called The Commute, if, uh, if people want to check it out. But he also listens to this podcast because he's applying uh, through viewer mail, uh, writing to apply for your hopefully vacant resident psychologist position. He is a, he is a trained, presumably, certified yeah, that's his psychologist. Job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how robust your vetting process has become, but I feel I would be an adequate candidate. 
I will say that I lived in McCormick Hall when Steve did, which is amazing. Uh, Marquette University freshman dorm, McCormick Hall. So I fear I may violate your nepotism policy, yet I apply nonetheless. Not, not, you don't violate. You, you comply with our nepotism policy, right. which is to uh, uh, have as much of it as we can. Anyway, I've been listening to your over 100 episodes backwards since discovering the show, and it has been fun listening as you each grow younger and more in love. <laughs> That that would be a a good name for a novel, growing exactly. younger and more in as, love. As our as our relationship Benjamin buttons into the um, that actually the, would be a really interesting idea. Anyway, anyway, he he was pitching a perfect game here, and he he gives up a a, a Titanic home run in the bottom of the ninth. He signs off. I look forward to you decision. You decision. You decision. I think he meant you are sincerely, Steve, with two E's and no P. So, Steve, you've got the job as our staff psychologist. And has anybody ever needed a staff psychologist more than we do? I think we might have another staff psychologist. Well, then, if that's the case, then the two will have to settle it um, in a boxing ring. In an old-fashioned way, yeah. Get the gloves on or bare-knuckled and go to it. Speaking of uh, settling things in a boxing ring, I think we're... uh, We're what? We've been... Knocked unconscious here. I don't know what what uh, standing eight count. We've been counted out. I don't know. I don't know what the thing is. But we are. We have been not been. We have been counted out. And therefore, we want to have be played out. Is this the the most awkward, it's, horrifying? It's, it's not even. It's not awkward. It's just it's bad. Just, it's just horrible. It's yes. terrible. So anyway, why don't we just have Tom, Dick, and Hari? Which what should they do? What they, they always play us do? Out. They Let's just get out, out of here. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.